Chapter 12 A Single Increment If time were just imaginary, something we could wish away, a dream that leaked like sweat from sheets, for moonlight to evaporate, like ocean depths become their surface, cycled every thousand spins, if time could take its time to rise, deny itself, then sink again. I'd hold you as the stars turned off, till all of space forgot their glow, as orbit age and pace were lost inside the circular unknown. We'd feel and then forget it all as seasons spun beneath the dark, shuffled dreams and dealt beliefs, one of each to none of ours. Nothing to be for good, for keeps, forever or for just a night. Eventually, and not to be, and maybe to be the same in size, a single increment that came and went. We'd watch our lives rewind to just one moment I would open, find you in, and stay inside. Years passed. All of us, my friends and I, we imagined it together and silently agreed it was real. We graduated and grew up. We hurt and we learned all inside of this agreement. Eight years from when Miri first took my hand, the long renovation of Sia's hurricane house finally complete, she asked if Miri would do her the honor, be the first to sit for her in her new studio. How? Sia understood the question. How would you like? As myself, answered Miri. No costume, no makeup, none at all. Perfect. That's okay? Of course that's okay. When? Walk over to my place in the morning. The light turns usable about an hour after sunrise. Wear whatever you like. All right. This will take a few days. Caution. Disclaimer. You'll be sitting for hours. Sia forgot who she was talking to. It won't be comfortable. I'll be fine. The bottom floor of Sia's home is a subduedly shiny melt of her taste and talent. Bright, but not blinding. Loud, but well-spoken. It's cursive and ink blots. Everything is a compliment. Miri takes a minute to tour the rooms before being led upstairs. Her attic sits as a dark crown to the well-lit livability of a house structured in reflection of Sia's own brain. A dimmed supraconscious floating above the rest. This is where the creativity lives. It feels like a cave. Sia takes the last step and stands beside Miri. Thank you. Miri sniffs the air. What is that? Distinct and bright, the small space is a jewelry box of smells. Oil paint, incense, aerosol, and turpentine mostly. And still some sawdust from the construction. Why there? Miri's referring to the renovation. 
An entire wall has been replaced by a large window. The previously existing ones are covered, blacked out. Because of the light. Mary pauses, thinking of moons and suns and worlds that come between them. North. Correct. Sia smiles, impressed. The light stays constant. Examining the paint-speckled handle of a thin brush. No such thing, Mary whispers to herself. She traces a fingertip over the bristles and sets it back down. So what do I do? You tell me. Sia's professional voice turns on. The voice that owns this space. That knows exactly how to use, mix, and combine every item here into fine art. What kind of woman do you want to be? Who is it that you want me to capture? You can be anyone. Anything. Miri guesses the spot. Five feet from the easel, north-facing light, raking shadow into her detail. I want to be me. Just like on stage, she places the pillow and lowers to her knees. But here, Miri's goddess arm disappears. It relaxes, braceless and out of sight. Her two regular hands hold the moon, cradling it like a child in her lap. The weight is easy and without effort. Mary gives Sia a look to say, this is what you get, then lowers her eyes, fixing their gaze on the moon. Sia takes a breath, fully in the room, fully present, and without a word, gets started. The palette's edge shines 13 globbed shades, pure paint circled like fixed comets, waiting to be pulled, wanting to touch orbits and overlap to new things. A little of this, a little of that. Sia's brush swirls counterclockwise, a left hand spinning left, melting the pinwheel backward, rotating it to one color. Darks today, then general lights, Underpainting, arranging the major pieces. Hours pass, and the result is a nebulous unrecognizability. The hidden skill of apparent slop. Years of training are required for such a well-organized mess. Sia's body language tells Miri they're done for the day. Have you even blinked once? The words are a friendly period to the session, levity-toned but an honest question. Watching closely, Sia didn't see it. Plenty of times. Miri closes her eyes hard and rubs the frozen out of her face. I'm just tricky with them. She smiles, raising her body up slow. And I have really got to pee. She stands and stretches. Can I see? It's not much right now, but yeah. Sia scoots a bit, inviting Miri to her side of the easel. Miri grins to the sight, pleasantly confused. I look like a mud monster. For now, Sia replies, eyes on the canvas, staring into the future. But you can make many, many things out of mud. Miri knows her moon. Her eyes fall on the same point, same shadows facing outward, 
curved and colored by the same northern glow. Phaseless. Sia takes her place, and this day touches to the first like a mirror. She sips her coffee. Almost feels like we didn't leave at all. Bad sleep, and Miri is still tired. Her words come too quickly. Welcome back to my world. Unfiltered. The tone isn't harsh, but Sia has good ears. Early morning Miri is poking resentment at Sia's eight-year absence from the presentation stage. A.M. jealousy. Sia thinks to confess. Sometimes, believe it or not, I miss it. Then doesn't. The day is far too young for an inertia so unpredictable. She needs her subject to stay still. So does the mud monster acquire eyes today? Miri's way of apologizing. Does it sprout hair or grow some clothes? Accepted. Actually, yes. Hair and skin. Brighter tones today. Reds for your hair, obviously. And your skin falls comfortably in the pinks. Sia is already mixing. Pinks, really? Curiosity alters Mary's expression, and her eyes are on her skin, not the moon. <clears throat> Sia clears her throat. Sorry. Forgiven. A smile leaks through Sia's concentration, and then the focus seals, trapping hours within a measure of small movements. Hairs sprout, and skin grows. No detail. The girl in the painting is a blur. She isn't herself yet. Light leaves, and the layer is left to dry. Mirror against mirror against mirror image. Sia sets her coffee down and approaches Miri Emma. Her hair is falling differently today. Sia slides two fingers through, brushing some strands back, some forward. Miri doesn't blink. Sia moves her hand in front of the model's face, raising and lowering a five-digit veil like a garage door. You alive in there? Miri breathes in the affirmative. Still not a twitch. Moody today, are we? Weird dreams, shit sleep, and Sia isn't much in a good mood herself. I've passed many hours in air much thicker than this. Sia returns to the easel. I can outlast you. Again, she forgets who it is she's talking to. The day begins. The day ends. The painting blooms shadows. The figure acquires fingers and a wedding ring. What is it that goes first? What in you starts to wear down first? The end of another session, and Miri's mouth is the only part of her moving. Is it physical or mental? Miri's comparing notes. It's both. Sia edges closer to the canvas. Fine lines, details. As far as my body, it's my neck, my left shoulder. Without thinking to, Sia stretches as she says this lowering her painting arm and bending her neck to the right. 
Then, migraine pending, it's my concentration. And when that starts to slip, I'm done. All I can do is mess up after that, so if I can, I stop. Those last five words sound very luxurious to Miri. And we're getting pretty close to that right now. Sia steadies herself. Home stretch. Just a few more minutes. What about you? On stage, I mean. I've never understood how you do it. It's crazy. It's like you're a statue. In a way, Miri replies, I am. She blinks. I make myself inanimate, or as close to not alive as I can manage. Like an ornament, I guess is a good way to put it. Sia sets her brush down. Three fingers to her temple. She closes her eyes. Headache? Yeah, but only a regular one. I'll be fine. So are we done? Yeah, sorry. Please go on, though. I want to hear. Sia sits down on the floor with her legs crossed, head in her hands. Miri relaxes, sitting now with her legs crossed as well, and picks back up. It used to be hard, but not so much anymore. I'm mostly used to it. The worst part is the beginning, toward the end of the first hour when the pain starts coming. My legs fall asleep from my weight, and my arm goes numb from being held up. I can almost predict every sensation down to the second. But I know it's coming, and I know that all I have to do is get past that hour or so of being really uncomfortable. Then I can go away. Go away? Once my body is out of the picture, once I can't feel it anymore, after that it's easy. My mask. The makeup that you do. Sia nods, listening. The whole costume. How do we explain this? Mary pauses, twirling her moon as she thinks. At first, when I was very young, it was something I wore, that I put on and tried to be, tried to transform into, to really be Ara. A tiny part of me maybe even believed that I was. Mary smiles shyly, embarrassed by the confession. But the illusion of it, the pretending, it, it couldn't live through the looks that I got. The front of that stage, Miri and Sia, eye contact. Sia, it's an open-air zoo. Everyone looks at you like you're a creature. The ones that believe, that are actually convinced you're divine, to them, you're not human. You can see it in their eyes. It's messed up. Really, to be worshipped like that, prayed to, even feared sometimes, it makes your skin crawl. And even worse, much worse, is how everyone else looks at you. Looks at me, like I'm a painted freak. They try to find the strings, the tape or Velcro or whatever attaching my arm to me. They just stand there breathing through their mouths and running their eyes up and down my body. Sia listens. Paint dries. Slow. So, wearing my makeup, 
to actually try to be the person or the goddess, again, Mary is embarrassed by the word, that everyone looks at that way, it was too much. To be so young and experience that over and over, identity crisis doesn't come close. It's a split down the center of yourself, a divide without a bottom. Air growing thick, Mary gives Sia a small smile, telling her it's okay for this to be a lightish conversation, that she doesn't have to think too hard about it all, really. Sia tries to force the same. Then, instead of being it, I try to hide behind it, like a mascot in some silly animal suit, something like that. I pretended no one could see me, and really they can't. They don't. But even coming at it that way, I still had to watch. Like a girl behind a glass screen watching people make faces into their own reflection, I was still there. I could still see them, still feel them looking at me. Mary looks down, spins her moon. So I started to let myself leave. It's not something I had to learn. More like something I just had to allow. Let myself go away. Just not be there. Mary spins her moon faster, anxiously. Sia rests a hand on it. The fidgeting stops. For a moment, they are holding the moon together. Sia removes her hand. My body goes numb, and once that alarm is turned off and isn't there to bother me anymore, I just pick a point. Somewhere way far away, fix my eyes on it, and wait for that to disappear too. And then my thoughts go with it. Easy. It's not meditation. That's not what I would call it. It's more like a coma, like dying or something. I'm just not there. No thoughts like passing clouds, nothing like that. No zen to it. It's nothing. I become absolutely nothing. Nothing. Sia tries to imagine it. She can't. Anyway, Mary shrinks the world back to attic size. She stands, offers a hand to Sia. Tomorrow again? They move to the easel and take a look. Yeah, just one more. We'll finish tomorrow. The woman in the painting looks down. The moon looks up. You can't see your eyes. The moon can. Good sleep all around, and rubber dreams that stuck to not a thing, both arrive emptily fresh and ready to be filled with the day. Sia sips her coffee while Miri models comfortably. Morning sinks without weight into afternoon, and details come and go, some placed here, some lost there, checkering identity like freckles of imperfection to the still life maturing atop the canvas. The cratered moon sits phaseless and beautiful, frozen forever in north-facing light. The painting is complete. Sia moves aside and leaves Miri alone with it. No words. Miri Emma is the crowd now.
watching herself from the outside, without makeup, without a mask. The girl is right there in front of her, real as can be, pretty as a diamond, perfect as a pearl.